The voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. This is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Peppy. And I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans. All right. Please subscribe to our page on YouTube. It's the Voice of Motown podcast. Share your thoughts on today's episode in the comment section. Tonight, we will be doing our early football season predictions. The West Virginia football schedule was released recently. Some are saying it's an easy schedule, that WVU should easily be able to make a bowl game. However, I've seen a lot of people say that WVU has the toughest schedule in the Big 12. So let's take a closer look. At home, the Mountaineers have Duquesne, Pitt, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, BYU, and Cincinnati, all of which do seem like winnable home games. Not saying that group of teams are guaranteed wins, but it seems like games that, um, you know, WVU definitely has a chance to come out on top. But if you look at the road schedule, the Mountaineers have Penn State, TCU, Houston, UCF, Oklahoma, and Baylor. That's a tough road schedule. And I assume WVU will be heavy underdogs in most of those games. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... If you just like you said, if you just look at the home slate of games, I mean, that's pretty favorable. I mean, you're you're facing um, you know, two of the newest members at home, um, which is gonna be fun. And then you also get all four of the new Big 12 teams coming in as well. So um, I think that's advantageous for us because you know, especially since those will be either halfway through the schedule or later, um, those teams are gonna be playing a much harder schedule throughout the course of the season than they ever have. So that might play out to WVU's favor, but those road games are daunting. And we'll get into that a little bit later about how we think those games are going to go, because um, looking at the road, it's hard to find one that we can win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And with the addition of Houston, Cincinnati, BYU and UCF joining the big 12, some traditional opponents were left off of the schedule and WVU will not be playing Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State. Um, tell them why it's big that we won't be t- playing Texas this year, Brandon. Yeah, um, so lo- that means that the 2022 game against Texas was the last year that WVU will play Texas as part of the Big 12. Um, and then after November 11th, we w- it will be unlikely that we see Oklahoma again as Texas and Oklahoma will be bolting to the SEC um, which is going to be an interesting situation for them. But, um, you know, I still like the teams that the Big 12 is going to have. So um, that November 11th game will most likely be fun. And it'd be great if we could pull off a road win in our last matchup against Oklahoma. But um, still, I love the 12 teams that are still going to be around um, after Texas and Oklahoma leave. Yeah, I'm with you. And WVU gets to play all four of the new members of the Big 12 this upcoming season. So let's get into it. Times are still up in the air. We don't know what time all these games will be played. But the first game of the year, we will be at Penn State. 
And I like that they start the season with a tough road test against a great opponent like Penn State because the Nittany Lions were 11-2 and last year, and they capped it with a Rose Bowl victory. It reminds me of when WVU played Alabama to start the season back in 2020, or sorry, 2014. And although they lost, they, they played tough, and it kind of set the tone for the rest of the season, I felt. I, I think being battle-tested early is always a good thing because it immediately shows how the team can handle adversity and what they need to improve on, even early in the year. So, um, I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm not super confident we'll come out on top, but how do you feel about this matchup? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. Um, you know, it's definitely probably going to be a loss um, when we travel to Happy Valley. And, you know, that's just because I think it's a very tough situation for WVU. I mean, you think of all the players that we've lost, especially on the offense after this season, and then the question marks at quarterback. And even if, um, you know, we do figure out who the quarterback is early on and they get, you know, some reps in the spring and the summer, um, it's still going to be the biggest game that they've ever played in. That's a tough environment to go into. I mean, Happy Valley, um, they have 100,000 seats in that stadium, and they're all going to be riled up for that first game of the season. So it's going to be loud, um, and it's going to be tough for WVU. Um, It's also going to be interesting to see how the transfers that we're bringing in, the recruits that we brought in last year and this year to fill in some of the gaps on defense, how they're able to stack up against a tough Penn State squad because um, there's still a lot of question marks after last year. I mean, right now, I feel confident in the running back room. I feel confident in the offensive line. But is our offensive line good enough to win up front against Penn State's deep and talented defensive line front seven? Um, I'm not sure. And I think that's going to be a nice barometer to see if, you know, those five guys that were returning from last year on the offensive line are actually as good as we think they are. Because personally, I think this is the best offensive line we've had in a long time. But Penn State could quash that thought real quick yeah yeah and they were very good at run defense last year and i mean penn state's probably going to be ranked in the top 10 when we play that game so um i i I don't think a lot of people are expecting wvu to win but if they can even hang tight i mean that might give them a lot of confidence going into their next few games um but yeah it, it sounds like we both have that as a loss which i'm sure most people do Um, yeah, so game number two, it's a home opener against Duquesne. Uh, Duquesne was four and seven in 2022. Obviously this should be an easy victory regardless, but I mean, Duquesne wasn't even very good last year. So, um, obviously most people are going to chalk this up as a win, but these games are important to get some of your backups, some game reps because injuries and football always happen. And WVU will more than likely have to rely on one of those backups Um, to play some significant playing time later in the year. So I know everyone hates these games, but they are important for that reason. And, um, you know, I do like having these FCS games as home openers because there's nothing more disappointing than playing a good opponent at home. And then the following week, you show up to Milan Puskar Stadium to beat up on a weak opponent. You know, those games are just no fun at all. But I feel like, you know, it's the home opener. People will at least be excited for that. So, you know, if you're trying to look for a positive, I'm happy that Duquesne is the home opener and we can go in, get a good win and be excited that, you know, football's back. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think looking at this game, what I want to see WVU do the most is, you know, number one, I'd like to see their defense really kind of step up and, you know, actually look dominant. I mean, if Duquesne comes in there and is able to, um, you know, produce or at least get a few big plays, maybe not necessarily even score more than twice, but still, if they're getting big plays, they're getting chunk plays or things like that, that's going to be a telling sign for how the secondary has improved or not. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, the one thing I don't want to see them do is run the ball a ton. Cause I feel like, you know, me or you could coach WVU in that game and just say, Hey, we're going to run the ball 35 times and put up 350 yards rushing because, you know, like we just talked about with Penn state, um, our offensive line is a strength. Our backfield is a strength. So you should be able to do that, but it's really important. I think to get those inexperienced and young wide receivers, some confidence and some reps, um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them throw the ball 25 times in the first half just to kind of see what those guys can do. And then if you want to run the clock out in the second half, do it, but get some confidence for those guys who haven't done anything yet in college. Um, and I think that could go a long way at least until the next week. And, you know, it, obviously you can lose your confidence with one bad game, but I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, whoever they decide as the starting quarterback, whether it's Garrett Green or Nico, um, it, I, I think it's good to throw a lot that game as well because you want both quarterbacks to get a lot of reps because no matter who they pick, that doesn't mean that'll be your starting quarterback come game six or game seven, game eight. And so that's a great opportunity to get both guys a lot of game reps and get them ready for maybe having to start, um, you know, six games into the season when they weren't the starter against Penn state to open the year. So um, yeah, I'm with you. Let's move on to Pitt. Pitt returns to Morgantown for the first time since 2011 and WVU will be looking to even the score after that heartbreaking loss last season. Both teams, you know, they're going to look very different quarterbacks, JT Daniels and Slovis hit the transfer portal. Also, both teams will be without some of their biggest playmakers with Dante Stills being gone at WVU. Pitt's best offensive and defensive players are gone with, um, you know, Pitt's running back, Israel, and then their um, defensive player, Cansey. They're all gone. So, I mean, yeah, we just played each other last year, but there's going to be a lot of new faces. And on paper, I feel like this is a pretty even matchup. How do you think this game's going to go? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, if you factor coaches into it, I definitely think Pitt has a slight edge. I picked WVU to win this one just because I feel like at home, I mean, fans are going to come out and I think that's really going to at least level or at least put put push things into WVU's favor. Um, on top of that, you know, Pitt losing their two top defensive linemen and they weren't just some schmucks. These guys are guys who are going to get drafted and play on Sundays for a while. Um you know, WVU, again, their offensive line should be able to win that matchup and we should be able to run the ball. And I think that's going to be a theme for a lot of the season is that, you know, as long as our quarterbacks can, you know, hit a play action pass or, you know, do just intermediate work, I think our running game could really pay a lot of dividends, um, especially since we have three or four really good ones. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how um, it plays out. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game and I could, could see it coming down to like a last minute field goal for WVU or Pitt. You know, maybe Pitt misses, maybe WVU makes it and wins. But um, I definitely think the crowd's going to be into it. I think it's going to be loud. I think it's going to be an environment that is probably hard to top in the college football world. And I really hope it's a nationally televised game because it should be. I mean, um, and Morgantown's a different environment than what we had in, 
uh, in Pittsburgh. So I think it would be a lot more enjoyable than um, what they were put on in Heinz field last year. And even that was a great experience. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm just hoping we don't get blown out. I don't think that's likely, but if it is, it could be um, a really bad sign for the season. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you. I I don't think that's very likely either. Like we said, Israel Abencanta is, you know, gone. And that's who Pitt relied on a lot on their offense last year. Um, now, obviously, they threw a lot on us, but we uh, there weren't too many teams last year who didn't throw a lot on WVU. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure they have a bunch of halfbacks willing to step up because Pitt's always got a stud at running back, it seems like. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their new quarterback plays. Um, but uh, I'm with you. I- I'm-, I'm picking WVU here. I think it'll be a close game, but I, I think that home field advantage will work out in our favor. And like you mentioned, those two studs that they had on defensive line last year are gone. And um, that could really open up the running game for WVU. And as we all know, that's what they're really going to be leaning on this year. Absolutely. Yeah. So next up is uh, the conference opener. It's a home game against Texas Tech. And excluding the four new members, um, this is the only Big 12 team that Neil Brown has not beaten during his tenure at WVU. And, you know, Texas Tech, that team went seven and five last season, and then had a string of unfortunate injuries. If, if they come back healthy this upcoming season, especially in the quarterback room, this is a team that could make some noise. Um, they could definitely be a dark horse to be, you know, in the Big 12 championship. And I see a lot of sites are predicting them to finish somewhere in the top five of the conference. Um, and keep in mind, the conference is bigger this year. So top five is pretty good. If Neil Brown and the Mountaineers can get that Texas Tech monkey off their back, I, I think that could go a long way to having a successful season. So although it's just the first Big 12 game, I think this is a pretty important game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is huge. Um, I mean, it feels like Texas Tech is always kind of the the pivot points for our season the past couple of years. I mean, you think of when um, we had Texas Tech two years ago and we no-showed in the first half. Um, you know, I think a lot of people started falling off the Neil Brown bandwagon after that, even though we came back and got within a field goal, I think it was. Um, you know, it just kind of showed the um, dichotomy of Neil Brown where, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Um, and then last year, I think a lot of us were pretty confident going into Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech had just hired a new coach. They had quarterback question marks. They were battling injuries, as we just talked about. Um, and we walked on the field and just got our the doors blown off immediately. I mean, it wasn't even fun to watch. I think I turned that game off after the second quarter. Um, it was bad and it was embarrassing. And I think, a lot, you know, the other half of the fan base who didn't jump off the previous season jumped off then. So, um, you know, that was kind of an inflection point on the season. And, you know, I think it's apt to say that this game carries a lot of weight for WVU. And um, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be a game that we're going to be able to hang with Texas Tech. I mean, you mentioned the the monkey that's on Niels Brown's back, not being able to beat his former team. On top of that, you have, you know, the second year um, with Texas Tech and their head coach, and they have one of the best offensive coordinators in the league um, in all of college football on their team. I mean, he's the guy who um, turned Bailey Zappi into Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky. He's an offensive guru. Um, So when you count that and then you have, you know, a defensive minded head coach with a year to get more of his players on the team um, and seeing what he did last year with a group that largely wasn't his players, 
you know, I think it's fair to say that Texas Tech could be a 10 win football team next year. Um, and even though they are coming into Morgantown, I just don't see a way um, that WVU can really hold them off because I think we're just so far behind what Texas Tech has built in a year. Um, Neil Brown hasn't been able to come anywhere close to that in year four. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you make a lot of good points. Even saying, I mean, out of the two of us, I would say I'm, I'm more of the Neil Brown uh, apologist. And how you said a lot of fans who weren't off the Neil Brown bandwagon yet was after that game last year, that was me. Honestly, I would always try to find a way that, uh, you know, Neil Brown can still turn it around. After Texas Tech blew us out last year, that's when I pretty much went sour on them and said, all right, and, you know, this has just been the same thing for four years and it's, it's not changing. So I think you're right. Um, and, and when we opened up about Texas Tech, I said this game, although the first conference game of the year, it's 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 huge. And I don't think I'm over exaggerating that because if you look at the schedule, West Virginia has back to back conference road games after this. And so this game is more important than people even realize, because if they drop this game, they're risking going 0-3 to start conference play. Because as we know, West Virginia under Neil Brown does not play well on the road. So it could spell disaster if we lay another egg against Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's going to go a long way to see also, how, how much the players stick around if we do lose or if we do lose big, you know, I mean, not necessarily stick around in the terms of transferring, but, you know, how much that buy in still is. I mean, we saw last year um, how the players played a lot better at home. And, you know, I think it was safe to say that it was because they were playing in front of the fans. Um, but you could see whenever they went on the road, which is the next two upcoming matchups, how much that deflated them. And I think losing at home kind of feeds into that downward trend that you could potentially see if WVU does lose this game. And the next two games, I mean, aren't easy. Yeah, yeah, let's dive into that. Well, you know, next is WVU will travel to Fort Worth to take on TCU. And it's hard to imagine TCU will have the same magical season they did in 2022. But I suspect the Horn Frogs, you know, they're going to have another successful season. It'll be a tough road game for the Mountaineers, but it's important to note TCU will no longer have a lot of big names. Offensive coordinator Garrett Riley left, um, quarterback Max Duggan, uh, Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnson, all these huge playmakers are now gone. So can TCU find suitable replacements for all of those guys, including their offensive coordinator? Um, with all that being said, though, what are your thoughts on the game? You know, this is a tricky one for me because I think, you know, this is the perfect time to come up against TCU. Um, but it, like it's really going to come off of how we play in Texas Tech if against Texas Tech. If we play that game close and we have some confidence that, hey, we're close, we can do it. I could see us traveling to Fort Worth and being able to pull off a win right now. I have it marked up as a loss just because I don't think that we travel well, as we talked about. You know, I think that's a long road trip. It's tough. Um, you know, I think Sonny Dykes has kind of stumbled upon something last year, even though he lost Garrett Riley, which I think is a huge, maybe a little bit understated loss for them. Um, you know, I still think he's a good enough offensive mind to have a productive offense. So um, it's really going to come down to how quickly does WVU get started in that game? You know, if TCU comes out swinging, which most likely they will, you know, that's kind of Sonny Dykes' thing. Um, 
are we going to be able to match it or are we going to take a quarter and a half to get our feet underneath of us like we've seen over the past couple of years, how we perform on the road. So, um, you know, I definitely think this is a close game. I think this is a winnable game for WVU for sure. But right now, um, you know, I'm leaning 60-40 on the loss side. Yeah, so far we, we, we've been dead even on every win-loss game here. I'm with you. I think it's a loss. Uh, unfortunately, I think, <clears throat> like I said earlier, I don't think TCU is going to go to the national championship again. But I do think they'll be a good team in 2023. And, uh, you know, as we keep saying, Neil Brown's teams don't travel well. And um, I, it's just hard for me to see that being a victory. Um, but the next game, it's another road game. And it's a huge one that everyone's going to have circled on their calendar. The Mountaineers will travel to take on Houston in a Thursday night game. And Houston is a game everyone wishes was at home for obvious reasons. Dana's coaching against his replacement, Neil Brown in Morgantown. So um, we wish it was in Morgantown, but it's not. The Big 12 is probably missing a big opportunity there, but that's a conversation for another day. Of course, Dana will probably still be there when the, the Cougars come to Morgantown the following season. But the, the real question is, will Neil Brown still be there? Um, and so for me, I, I think this game should have been in Morgantown, but... Uh, yeah, like I said, that's a conversation for another day. How do you see this game going against our old head coach? Yeah, I think this is a game that just <clears throat> judging from the way that Neil Brown um, kind of handles bigger game situations. I, I think this is a game where Houston has a pretty clear edge. I think this is a game that Dana Holgerson probably rightfully has circled on his calendar as a game that he can't screw up, that he has to win. And as we kind of saw at the end of the pit game, um, during that hot mic moment where Neil Brown got caught saying, can you believe all this hype for a college football game? I don't think he gets the energy and the um, aura that comes around with matchups like these. And if he, if Neil Brown can't get his players hyped up for, you know, potential matchup, most, none of these players would have played for Dana, but still how much weight this game could potentially carry for the fan base. Um, Houston has the advantage right off the bat. And on top of that, Houston's playing at home. Um, and thirdly, um, while it is after a bye week, we get a short week after that. Instead of having a full two weeks between games, we have 12 because it is a Thursday night game. So um, it just seems like a lot of cards are stacked against WVU, and I just don't see a, a way for us to come out with a win on that one. Now, I, I think it's winnable. I think the um, talent level between the two teams is similar, but I think just all the different factors that come into it all favor Houston. And, you know that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I think it is going to be winnable. It wasn't like Houston was a great team last year. Um, but if I'm a betting man this early, I mean, of course our opinions could change come August, September. I'm also picking Houston for this game only because I know Dana's cutthroat. We all know Dana's personality and he wants to win this game probably more than any other game on his calendar. Uh, that's just his personality. And he's just going to have his, his foot on the pedal and he he's going to try to put up as many points as he can. And if WVU's defense isn't up for the task, um, we all know Houston can score. The The only way they were losing games last year was teams were just outgunning them because their defense stunk too. Um, and, and so I think the biggest question mark will be how good is West Virginia's offense 
moving at that point. You know, if we do have a good offense and have some good showings, I like our odds. But, um, you know, if I have to pick someone, I'm, I'm going to pick Dana and Houston just because I know he's going to be gunning for a bunch of points. They're at home. It's on a Thursday. And just I, I feel like there's a lot of check marks in Houston's favor, even though I feel like the talent is probably pretty close. Yeah, and I think the one thing that, that's important to note too about the Houston TCU and Texas Tech game is that, you know, I think WVU's offense is going to be particularly run heavy. We've talked about several times where the offensive line is great. We have a deep backfield. And in a perfect world, if you're able to run effectively, if you're able to um, mix up your play calling, keep defenses off balance, you can control the clock. You could slow down some of these higher paced offenses, but it's going to come down to a lot of game management things, which we've seen question marks for. It's going to be come down to a lot of discipline stuff, which we've had question marks about. It's also going to come down to how do you draw up plays off of those successful run plays that you've had. And, you know, when it comes to Neil Brown coached offenses, it really doesn't seem like there's a plan around that. It just kind of seems like, you know, you, you run some nice run plays and then you throw something completely random where you throw a screen. Um, there's really no play action or anything that builds off of it that way. So um, I think that's another factor that I'm weighing into all these is, you know, just, you know, can Neil Brown and crew build an effective game plan ab around this strength that they have, because it is a real strength and they could really leverage it to take the teeth out of some of these offenses. Um, I just don't know if Neil has the, the knack to leverage his strength in order to help us, cut down some of these more explosive offenses. Yeah. And, and here's hoping he turns a corner this year, because I keep trying to find positive things to say about Neil Brown's offensive philosophies, but in four years, he hasn't really shown me anything to, to find a positive. Now, hopefully Chad Scott does get a lot of input as most West Virginia fans think. I think he's very intelligent when it comes to um, coaching the running backs, coaching a, a effective running game. So we shall see. Uh, any listeners right now, you might be saying these guys are too negative. They just predicted a three-game losing streak. Well, let's start talking about some positive things. Next up is Oklahoma State. And WVU ended the 2022 season with a win over Oklahoma State, snapping the Cowboys' 15-home game winning streak. So Oklahoma State's a team who struggled last season after starting 5-0. and the Cowboys went two and six in their final eight games. And then Spencer Sanders transferred out at the end of the season. So most people are predicting somewhere around a 500 record for uh, OK State in 2023. A lot of people weren't big on them. Um, however, to be fair, Mike Gundy is a good coach. So who knows? I I'm sure he'll have them competitive in most games. So what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the matchup between two of the biggest, you know, or two of the worst teams in the Big 12, um, at least judging by the off seasons that we've had. Um, Oklahoma State has had a worse off season than WVU, in my opinion. I mean, they've lost so many players. They haven't brought in a ton of players. I mean, losing Spencer Sanders, which is probably one of the top five or ten players in the Big 12 last year. Um, you lost a lot of other transfers and it's just a lot of question marks. I mean, there's people even arguing that if Mike Gundy's can't get a winning record this year, that he should probably be fired, which, you know, in my opinion, kind of seems like would have been hearsay if you talked about it two years ago. Um, that's just how much of a 180 Oklahoma State's football program has done. 
And I, I think this is a good thing to have WVU facing this uh, Oklahoma State team at home because while they may um, have figured some things out by then, I think WVU has a little bit more of a secure, solid base that we can leverage in order to win that game. I mean, we have, like we've talked about numerous times already, the offensive line, the running game, something that we can lean on when we need to. Um, and Oklahoma State, I think they're going to be spending those first five or six games of the season trying to get their legs underneath of them and figuring out, you know, how they want to play defense, how they want to, you know, play offense, because there's just so many question marks they need to answer. It's more than WVU has to answer. And that's why I'm leaning WVU in this one. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think the Mountaineers are going to win this one. They're going to have question marks at quarterback, as we saw at the end of last year when Spencer uh, Sanders didn't play for them. So I think it's going to be the same case. Now, like I keep saying, I do think Gundy's a good coach. The fact that they're even saying they might fire him if he is under 500 this year, I think it's wild. He is the longest tenured Big 12 coach um, currently, and and rightfully so. I, I, I I think he knows what he's doing. They're just hitting a rough patch, but hey, I'll take it. I'll take that rough patch and I'll take that victory. I think the Mountaineers will win that one. Um, And then next up for the eighth game, West Virginia will travel to Orlando to take on UCF. And out of the four new programs joining the Big 12 this year, most experts are saying UCF has the most talent returning and will more than likely have the most success out of Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF. Uh, we shall see, though. UCF won last or won nine games last season, and they have a decent coach and Gus Malzahn. So how do you see this game going? This is a game that I flip-flopped on a lot um, since I've seen the schedule release. And originally I had this game as a loss, um, but I, I think just for maybe statistical purposes, um, I, I didn't think WVU would go winless on the road. Um, so I, I have this one chalked up as a win. Um, I, I think it helps that WVU, um, you know, recruits players from Florida. I think you have guys like TJ or CJ Donaldson and others who've come from Florida as well, kind of want to make this a game that they circle on their calendars so they can have big games in front of their families. Um, we've seen that traditionally a lot with WVU teams, you know, I mean, WVU has always recruited the state of Florida hard and it always seems like when we were in the big East days players would kind of go off in some of those games because they're playing in front of their family for the first time in a while. So I'm really hoping we have that same effect. And I think if we're going to win a road game, this one seems to be the most likely, even though UCF um, does bring back a lot of talent, they are a very good football team. Um, I do think, you know, them being what six, seven games into the season with probably three or four big 12 matchups already under the belt. um, Maybe they're a little tired. Maybe they're a little worn down. Maybe they're a little hurt. Um, it's completely different than the AAC. And, uh, you know, I, I think this first year is going to be the hardest on these newcomer teams. I mean, you need that. You, you need more than like a six-month off-season weight and conditioning program to kind of get built up to play in the Big 12 for a full season. So um, I'm really hoping that playing them in the second half of the season plays in our favor and we come out with a W. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I have this chalked up as a win as well. And like you said, I I think our style of play that we're going into in 2023 will be in our favor. We, you know, a running team does travel well, typically. And I do feel like UCF is going to feel 
that harder schedule, the the tougher task week in, week out with the Big 12 schedule. And I'm with you. Um, I don't have very many road victories for the Mountaineers this upcoming season, but this is one that I think uh, the Mountaineers are going to come out on top. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> Yeah, because then up next, this game worked out pretty well for us that it's at home. BYU will make a long trip to Morgantown for WVU's ninth game in 2023. And the Cougars will have a new starting quarterback, whether it's uh, Keaton Slovis, who WVU played last year when he was at Pitt, or UNLV transfer Aiden Robbins. Uh, Regardless, they're going to have a new QB. So their offense will have some question marks. But more importantly, their defense has it improved because last year BYU was giving up nearly 30 points a game. And if you do that in the Big 12, then it's going to be a rough year for you. Just ask the Sooners and saw what they did giving up 30 points last year. Um, This seems like a game WVU should be able to win because BYU's, I mean, it's not like I did a deep dive into who they played year in and year out. But as far as I know, they're not used to that long travel like the Mountaineers are. So it just seems like all the check marks are kind of lining up in the Mountaineers' favor to, to pull off a win against BYU. What do you think? Uh, this is one that I actually had chalked up as a loss. And, you know, there's a few reasons for that. I, I do think BYU does play a little bit more of a challenging schedule because they were an independent, so they played all over the country. Um, I didn't do a deep dive to see if – you know how close some of those opponents are, but I know like they've played. Um, who did they play that opened last year? Was it Oklahoma State or or something along those lines? Baylor, they beat Baylor. Baylor, that was what it was. Um, and I think they've played Liberty too, who's another independent. So, um, they they travel a lot, and I mean, obviously them being kind of more of a Mormon school, their players travel a lot as well for you know when they do their missions before they graduate and things like that too. So I'm sure that you know they travel fairly well. Um, another thing that factored into this as well for me is that I had the last two games chalked up as wins and Neil Brown has never won three games in a row. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's just by chance, but I wanted to keep the trend going. And I think this, uh, kind of lines up with, you know, a tough opponent. I mean, BYU kind of, again, has made their own schedule for the past several years. Um, they always seem to get some really quality players coming in. Um, you know, I mean, they have some tremendous alumni. I mean, Andy Reid, Joe Montana, or not Joe, Joe Montana, right? No, um, he went to Notre Dame. Steve Young, Steve Young, Steve Young, Steve Young. Steve Young. Yeah. One of those 49ers. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, they, they always get lots of good players in. And, um, you know, I don't think you're ever really going to see a bad BYU team. So, um, I do think this will be a close game. I'm hoping. I do think this is winnable for WVU, but I think just my gut is telling me that this is a loss for WVU just based on trends and tradition. <laughs> yeah, and I get that. In fact, you know, I even saw that I picked WVU to lose three straight this schedule and then win three straight, which is unlikely because I even thought of that. I'm like, well, Neil Brown's never done that in four years here, but um I just tried looking at it as individual games and that's what I went with. So um, I get why you feel that way. I mean, he hasn't done it yet. So why would he do it this year? I kind of get where you're coming from. And BYU is a tough team. You know, that's a team I normally catch like late at night because they're one of those, you know, Western coast teams, not quite. They're in the mountain time zone, but you get what I mean. They play a lot of late games 
And so I do catch a lot of their games and they are tough. They just play like a tough style of football. Um, But I don't know. I'm feeling pretty confident in that one, but we shall see. It's one of those 50, 50 games. Yeah. And I'm really hoping um, before we jump to the next one, I I do want to note with BYU. I I do hope that this isn't one of the teams that we're going to see every year, because I think traveling to Utah um, once every other year is going to be hard. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a hike. And um, I mean, it's a similar trip to what UCLA is going to be doing when they have to play like Iowa or something like that. I mean, when they're in the big 10. So um, yeah, I mean, not looking forward to that road trip because I think until we get a, a good solid head coach and kind of get the program a little bit more stabilized, that's a road trip that I just don't think you can win at unless you have the right guy leading your program. Yeah, it is a tough road trip. And I remember we played BYU within the last 10 years for a non-conference game. I forget exactly what year it was. And, um, you know, that's okay for a non-conference game if all your conference games aren't a tough travel. But considering we play in a conference where every conference game is a pretty tough travel, um, yeah, it, it is rough making that even longer trip. Luckily, now we got like Cincinnati and stuff like that, which hopefully helps, but uh, we shall see. Next up is WVU traveling to Norman to take on Oklahoma, and the Mountaineers finally got that monkey off their back last season and defeated Oklahoma and Morgantown, their first win over them since joining the Big 12. And, you know, these two teams won't play each other again for a while, so it would be great if West Virginia could win their last two matchups against the Sooners and get some bragging rights. Brent Venables' first season in Norman was a rough one, so it'll be interesting to see if he can get Oklahoma back to their dominant days in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, We'll see. How do you see this matchup going? I I think Oklahoma, um, I mean, I think last year, in my opinion, was kind of expected for Oklahoma. I know a lot of people still had them at the top, but if you look at what they had to go through, all the players they lost, um, all the changes that Venables kind of implemented, um, that's not something that is a quick success route. I mean, Venables, with what he was trying to do, wasn't someone who was just going to walk in and win 10 games. I, I do think, you know, he's had a great recruiting class. I think he's brought in some really good players, and obviously I think we'll learn more about them over the coming months, but I think this is a really good Oklahoma team coming into next year. And I would, I would be shocked if they weren't one of the top three or four teams at the end of the season. So um, I think this is a loss and I don't think it's a bad loss either. I think Oklahoma is just going to, you're going to see a more similar Oklahoma team next year, except with the Brent Venables twist where, you know, the defense is going to be performing better. Um, The offense, maybe not as explosive of what they had with Riley, but still a lot better, um, maybe more balanced, than last year's team was so um a loss to a a team um expected not a bad loss and not not something about saying either yeah unfortunately i also have this game as a loss we know oklahoma's offense will be putting up points again um dylan gabriel will be coming back and they have some other offensive weapons coming back so i'm sure the offense will still be scoring however their defense gave up 30 points a game last season if that happens again expect another disappointing season but oklahoma got a lot of transfers from big name schools such as notre dame oklahoma state they even got a guy from you know it's not a big name school but indiana wake forest 
Um, that's the convenience of being a big name school like Oklahoma. You can kind of pick apart some of these smaller school guys. So um, there's no shortage of players wanting to play there. And I think that will improve their defense a little bit. I do think it's a question mark. It's it's not like I'm saying this is a slam dunk loss for us. Um, but I, I just have a feeling, just like a lot of other experts do, that Oklahoma will turn it around and have a much better season than they did in 2022. Yeah, I mean, I could see Venables making, you know, I know it's a big jump, but I could see him getting that defense to being a top two or three defense in the league. I know, you know, it's going to be a lot of player development. It's going to be a lot of gap filling with the transfer portal. There's another transfer window in April. So everything that we're talking about now could could change with another transfer or two that pop in um, to other schools or even leave. So, um, you know, I think Oklahoma, I think Venables is a good coach. I think a lot of people maybe are soured on him because he went six and six last year. But, you know, with everything that went was going on um, with Lincoln Riley leaving, I, I think six and six and making a bowl game is commendable. I mean, that's yeah. a tough situation to walk into. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, he took Caleb Williams and talent with him as well. It's not like the yeah. coach just left. He, he took talent with him. And I, I do think Venables is a good coach as well. Do I see his defense making that big of a jump? Maybe not top two, but um you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they were like top five, top six defense in the league. And honestly, that's all he needs with an offense that can score. So, um, that's yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I see the Sooners being a lot better this year. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, for the final home game, senior night uh, will be an old foe. I think this will be a fun one. The Cincinnati Bearcats are coming back to Morgantown. And Cincinnati is a team a lot of experts are down on in their first year in the Big 12 Conference. And a big reason for that is, you know, they're kind of in a transition stage. Luke Fickle, who had a massive run there at Cincinnati, left for Wisconsin. And the Bearcats hired Scott Scatterfield. And I found that hire kind of odd, personally, um, because uh, Satterfield was very underwhelming at Louisville, just one game over 500. And, um, you know, what... What makes people think he'll be better in, in my opinion, a tougher conference? I think the Big 12 is a lot better in the ACC from top to bottom. Um, and, and so I don't know, just because they're in a, a transition year, just because I'm not big on that higher, I like the Mountaineers odds in this game. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I feel good about this one, too. I, I think there's just a lot of turmoil right now in Cincinnati. A lot of question marks to be answered. And I think there's a lot... Um, to kind of think of the direction that they went. I mean, Luke Fickle leaving right when Cincinnati gets into the Big 12. That's really interesting. There, We could talk about that for a while if we wanted to. Satterfield leaving the ACC to come to the Big 12. That's really interesting. It's also interesting that Louisville and Cincinnati are rivals. I mean, that's interesting. A yeah. um, lot, lot of just crazy scenarios that, you know, someone who's in the much more of the landscape of college football than us could probably dive into for hours um it's just a lot of question marks and i think wvu unless you know at that point in time um you know that the players are out on neil brown because at that point we are going to be um what four and five something like that four and six uh five yeah four and six so um 
you know, are the players going to be bought in? That could obviously play a factor into, but it is a home game. So I don't think, especially on senior night, that people are going to check out for that game. So I'm really hoping that that's a win. I definitely think it's super winnable. I think it's a team that we're better than. I think it's a team that um, is maybe in just a little bit as much of a disarray as WVU, uh, WVU, maybe not as much, but in a similar situation. Um, so all the factors in play, unless the players are checked out, I think that's a win for us. Yeah, I do too. And personally, I have WVU at five and five heading into that game. And if that's true, then, you know, that's that's a huge game because seniors are looking at that saying, hey, we win, we're in a bowl game. And so, um, I don't know. If we're looking at it, hopefully, you know, we're beyond that in the win column, but who knows? Um, but for the season finale, the Mountaineers will travel to Waco to play the Baylor Bears. And the Mountaineers defeated Baylor in an exciting Thursday night game last season. And Baylor has had an interesting two-year run. In 2021, they won 12 games. They were the Big 12 champs and defeated Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl, a, a season any program would probably be proud of. And then they go 6-7 and seven last year. So a big drop-off, half the wins. And their defense was not the stout defense we are used to seeing from them. They had to fire their offensive coordinator. So um, the big question is, does their head coach, you know, is he going to get the Bears back on track for this year? Or is it going to be another around 500 season? It's it's hard to gauge which um, Baylor Bear team we might be facing, but they, they are going to have their starting quarterback back. You look at some positions. Um, it, it it makes you think they could return to like a pretty darn good Baylor Bears team. But then you look at some of the talent they lost on defense and I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly have no idea what team we'll be facing at the end of the year because by then they'll be a polished team or they'll be, you know, a team that looks like an easy victory, kind of like Oklahoma State last year. So what's yeah. your prediction for this matchup? That's a good point. I, I have it as a loss right now just because I think us traveling to, to Baylor is tough, tra traveling down to Waco. And I have confidence in Aranda. I mean, I think that, you know, he's able to build a program that, that can win. Um, and getting them as the last game of the season is probably a spot where you really don't want to face them because that gives him 11 games to get the ship right and shuffle pieces around. Um now, are they going to be a 10-win team? We don't know. I mean, it's certainly in the cars for them. But, you know, when we face them, could they be at six or seven wins as well and this be a little bit more winnable? Absolutely. So um, lots of question marks around Baylor. I do think that um, it, it's it's just tough for us to win in Baylor, travel that far. And, um, yeah, I have it as a loss. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Dave Aranda. I think he's a good coach. And, you know, if I had to pick whether they'll be 500 again or or a pretty good team, I'm going to lean towards good team just because of the respect I have for him. I think he's a good coach. And so for that reason, I have it as a loss because it's on the road. Um, but we shall see. So in conclusion, you know, if we kind of wrap this all up, I see the Mountaineers going on a three game losing streak in the first half of the season. But I also see them following that with a three game winning streak against Oklahoma State, UCF, and BYU. And ultimately, I have them finishing at 6-6. Six and six. Yep, I'm at 5-7. and seven. And that kind of raises a point to me uh, for you. Yeah, so 
Um, the first six games we have, well, first seven games, first eight games, we match exactly. But the first six games we have West Virginia going loss, win-win, then three losses, which would put us at two and four to start the season. Mm-hmm. Can Neil Brown survive that? So they went two and four to start the season last year. I feel like Ren Baker will not pull the string right then, don't you think? I kind of feel like he'll let him ride it out a couple games. Now, if you're two and four and then fall to two and six with a couple, you know, blowouts that are embarrassing and have fans in an uproar, I could see him saying, All right, like I've seen enough, time to start looking for a new head coach. But at two and four, just because he's playing teams like Penn State, they got TCU early. I feel like Ren will let it kind of ride out, which honestly I feels like I feel like that's the right decision. Six games in, there's really not a big advantage to fire someone at that point. There's still a lot of season left to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I, I look at kind of maybe UCF slash BYU is kind of being the cutoff point. What's Neil Brown's record there going to be? And I think that's where our we diverge a little bit in our predictions is with BYU, you have that as a win. I have it as a loss. If we lose that one at home going into Oklahoma, I know that's a tough game, but it's a game that we probably should lose. Maybe that's the time, you know, early November where the gears start turning there. Um, so I think it's, you know, just to kind of recap, I think it's really important for Neil Brown to, you know, at least have a 500 record going into or coming out of that um, UCF game. And um, it's possible, but, um, you know, he definitely needs to be trending upward and not falling downward after that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. I I mean, you're absolutely right. If like some of these games that I'm predicting wins go south and it's not looking good. I mean, we all know how ADs work nowadays. They like to hire their own guy. Neil Brown is not Ren's guy. So, I mean, if, if he gives him several reasons to get rid of him, you know, why wouldn't he? He doesn't owe Neil Brown anything. The fact that he's given him this extra year, you know, seems pretty generous enough. So, I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, Neil knows that. He, he said it in press conferences. He said, I have to win this year. And, and he didn't say, or I'm going to get canned. But we all know what he meant when he said that. <laughs> like, he knows this is it. He's got to show up, and if he doesn't, then he's going to get fired, and he deserves it. But, you know, I'm rooting for him. If it doesn't happen, then, hey, no hard feelings, but it's time to move on, man. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's going to be an interesting season. I I am excited for all the new additions. Um, I like that we um, get to play all of them. Uh, So, yeah, I and. I think I have us going 500 against the new teams too. Um, you have them going 70, 750. So um, either way, not too yeah. bad. <laughs> Honestly, and that might make or break the season right there. I mean, if you let those teams who are used to playing weaker competition, you know, kind of get the best of you or you just barely break even, that might be the difference between making a bowl game and not, which might be the difference between Neil Brown being fired or not. I mean, just look point. at this past season. If we would have pulled off that one against Pitt, made a bowl game, you know, we we might have a whole different scenario about how important this season is. Neil Brown might have gave himself a little wiggle room, but guess what? He punted and <laughs> we yeah. lost, and literally, <laughs> and now we are where we're at. So 
we shall see. Um, hey guys, thanks for listening. Let us give us your prediction in the comments and uh, let's chat about it. But uh, we appreciate you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks everyone.